Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Williamson. Matt, free agency is cooling down a little bit now. How are you doing? I'm well. I, I do think it's uh, safe to say that the first and probably second wave have come and gone. Seems like everyone's retreating back to their compounds and looking at the draft board and you know some visits here and there some guys that were injured that you want to get your doctors to talk to. But all in all, you know, I mean, it's it's basically draft season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are we are going to hang on to free agent, free agent season as, as long as we can. We're going to spend this episode taking some listener questions that are all focused on some of the free agents, uh, free agent moves that we've seen the past week or so. And but you're absolutely right. This is this is essentially the end of it. There are a few players left out there, uh, including my guy Randall Cobb. Unfortunately, no major surprise <laughs> there. Um, I am surprised at at a couple players who seemingly haven't had really any action. T.J. Yeldon. I thought he would get a job fairly quickly. Uh, still, not only still available, but haven't really heard anything about him. No, that's a good one. So Yeldon's available. Jay Ajayi, we know the story with him, with with the injuries, maybe not so surprising with him. Uh, wide receiver's pretty ugly, along with Cobb. Guys like Jordy Nelson, uh, Michael Crabtree, those guys were uh, not even scheduled to be free agents, but were cut by their teams. And, and then quarterback, tight end. I, I guess Jared Cook is actually probably the, yeah, the big, big name. One still out there maybe the the top top name still available when you think about those four big positions for fantasy and uh, he was linked to the saints which would be a great landing spot for him but nothing has come of that yet yeah i, I mean I, I think every jared cook owner in the world was salivating at the thoughts of the saints yeah absolutely perfect setup yeah yeah there's, no doubt. there's a few good landing spots for tight ends and, and that would, mm-hmm. that might be the best one uh, potentially, but n- nothing done yet. Maybe nothing done yet. You know, maybe by the time this listeners are checking this show out, he'll he'll be a New Orleans Saint. We have lots of questions to get to, don't we? We do, we do. Let's yeah. let's jump into them. First one from Scott. He says the trend of slot corners and slot receivers being in high demand. Does this change the way you approach? wide receiver in rookie drafts. Scott snuck a a rookie draft question in there on us. Uh, Hence, valuing a versatile slot wide receiver like Debo Samuel uh, versus metrics, that profile trait wide receiver that that we've been chasing for years. Um, I don't know. What are are your thoughts on this one? Are, Are you changing the way you evaluate from a fantasy perspective, a dynasty perspective, some of these wide receivers? I don't know exactly how to take this question, but I do think historically, you know, the you know, going back to Welker, that those guys have changed the position, and it really is a different position, certainly, than A.J. Green. You know, Wes Welker and Danny Amendola don't look like A.J. Green or Randy Moss or anybody like that. And I do think that, you know, guys coming out used to get dinged and be later picks than they should be because they were, quote, a slot receiver. That was almost like a bad word, like possession receiver, you know, that, and 
I think the NFL doesn't see it that way anymore. I mean, I think there's all shapes and sizes of guys that align in the slot from Evan Ingram all the way down to Edelman. But I think the smart dynasty owner doesn't look at a guy and say, ah, he's just a slot, you know, and, and you're seeing it on defense too. Oh, Justin Coleman's just a slot. Uh, Bryce Callahan's just a slot. Well, they're getting paid. I mean, those guys are starters. Yeah, I think that's all correct. And I think we're seeing a quarterback too. Obviously, Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield last year, there were a few questions about his size and that's uh, those have quickly gone away. Uh, and, and then Russell Wilson years before those guys. So back to the receiver position, it wasn't that long ago that if you were a, a young receiver entering the league, if you were under 6'3", dynasty owners didn't give you the time of day, right? <laughs> um, and, and now if no matter your your size or if you're playing inside or out, we're we're opening up, right? Opening up our our thoughts, opening up our arms to these guys, and we, it seems we are a little more accepting, which is a good thing because, like you said, these guys are scoring points. It doesn't matter necessarily where they're lined up, how tall they are, how much they weigh. They're putting up fantasy points, and that's what we should really care about. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just want to take it one step further, because I don't think there's many non-PPRs out there, but obviously those guys do take a hit in that atmosphere. But even, you know, the, it used to be they didn't score many touchdowns, but you look at, like, Edelman and Welker running jerk routes and option routes from the four-yard line, they're getting in the end zone a lot, too, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even, you mentioned Welker a couple times, he really was... I guess kind of the first one that yeah. um, not changed. I don't know. I wouldn't say he changed the position. I think he maybe changed it from a fantasy perspective, though. Uh, he might have been the first slot guy that uh, that we really accepted as as a player who had some significant dynasty value. True slot machine. Right, right. Yeah. Another question from another Scott here. Scott, uh, This Scott says, which NFL teams – Seem like uh, seem most likely to draft one of the top running backs. Um, let's do this by division, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think New England's a no. Jets are a no. Right, I agree. I think the Bills are possible, but they have a lot of other things. But a young guy to learn from Gore and maybe McCoy. I mean, I think that's a possibility. A day two guy, maybe. I think so. And and I I wrote about a dozen teams down as possible uh, possibilities to draft a running back. Some of these are looking more for backups and the bills with McCoy, Gore, Ivory, a lot, a lot of old guys there. They, they should yeah, they be, are. they should be looking to add somebody. It wouldn't surprise me if they, if they don't do that though, the bills are on my list. Who else? Um, Miami, I think would be foolish too, because they need so many other things. So I no, I do think the Steelers will take somebody but somebody more of a receiver, a complimentary type. Okay. Don't think Cincy. Don't think Cleveland. Although, what if they trade Duke Johnson and Hunt suspended? Uh, probably not, though. Um, Baltimore, I don't think now after Ingram. Uh, you know, I, I had Baltimore on my list still. Um, not as Certainly not as a lock. And uh, mm-hmm. to Scott's question, looking at the top running backs, I wouldn't think they would spend one of their first two or three picks on, on that. But... I still think they have some questions at that position. I don't think, other than Ingram, I'm not sure any of those guys are a sure bet to uh, to contribute. So it wouldn't be surprising if they add, you know, the 10th or the 12th running back off the board, somewhere in that range. 
Yeah, I mean, do we know Kenneth Dixon and Gus Edwards are even going to make the team? I yeah. mean, that's not a guarantee. True. Okay. Uh, Indy, I tend to think no, because they they just did that, and they have three young guys, but someone blows them away. But I, I tend to think no. Right. I think Houston's a very possible spot. I do as well. They've, they've, they've got to have some questions still about Lamar Miller. Um, the, it's just such a such a low ceiling there, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who Not knows young. if who knows if Foreman is ever going to get back to to what he was, and we're not even sure if what he was was all that great, honestly. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't know how you count on him at all. Um, who else is in that division? Tennessee, I don't think so. Jacksonville, people are probably like no, but a lot of people told me at the combine they couldn't be more down on Leonard Fournette. I think well, they've got to add someone because well, yeah, yeah, they lost Yeldon in free agency. They lost uh, Corey Grant. Well, I guess they haven't lost either of those guys yet, but uh, I, I wouldn't expect either to be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's not much after Leonard Fournette, and if they are uh, frustrated with him, which it seems like that's a cer- certainly a possibility based on how the end of the season went, maybe they're a sneaky a sneaky team to spend a day two pick on a, on a uh, running back. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, I don't think Denver will. I think the Raiders could be, if I just pick one spot that Jacobs goes in the first round, if he is a first rounder, I would pick Oakland. I totally agree. Picks. Totally yeah, agree. Yeah. I, a week ago, I said Baltimore. Um, and of course they've signed Mark Ingram, Ingram since then. I think Oakland makes the most sense. There's there's a need there. After the moves they made, they have to at least feel like they're one step closer, two or three mm-hmm. steps closer to competing. And, and they have three first-rounders. So, uh, and an early second. Right. They're right. signing free agents left and right. Right. I think that's a very likely landing spot for Jacobs. They have Doug Martin. They have Jalen Rashard. They have uh, last year's rookie sleeper favorite, Chris Warren. Uh, lots, lots of. Love I can see still. Lynch coming back for one more year or two. You think Lynch has a chance to return? I mean, maybe. Yeah. But either way, it doesn't mean you don't take one. Right? Maybe he does. They they need it. They need a young guy. Whether it's Jacobs mm-hmm. in the first or or one of these other guys, that that really should be, like you said, maybe the number one team that that we expect to take a rookie running back. And I don't think it'd be a terrible landing spot. I don't think the Chargers are in that market. I don't think the Chiefs are in that market. I just think it's going to be all D for the Chiefs, and they'll go with Hyde and Williams, but I'm not totally sold on that. I I totally agree. What about the NFC? Dallas, no. Philly, yes, and a great landing spot. Uh, I had Dallas on my list only because they, I mean, of course, obviously Zeke is locked in, but... They need mm-hmm. a they need a backup. Rod Smith is a free agent. Uh, I think they could spend uh, early day three pick, maybe, and and again fourth some, rounder the r- most, right? Yeah. Somebody in that yeah. RB ten to fifteen range, and uh, there's there's a lot of running backs and rookie running backs that that we like at this point. And one of them's going to land in Dallas, and he's essentially going to lose some value because of that. I think Washington's a clear no, and the Giants are clear no. I agree, and and okay. I agree on Philly as well. Uh, uh, yeah, along yeah. with Oakland, that's probably the top spot that they could they could spend a, spend a pick, and that player would have some immediate value, regardless of who it is. 
Yes. Uh, the Bears don't have a high pick, but I, I don't think they're happy with Howard or trust Cohen to be the guy. Right. That's such a tough spot to figure right now. We've all heard the Jordan Howard rumors that they're shopping him. I don't think they're going to get a ton for them. Maybe for him, probably a day three pick at the best, I would think. I can't imagine they get a second or third rounder for him. Uh, and if they do dump him, do they do they add a rookie running back? Do they rely on Mike Davis, who they just signed, along with Cohen? It's a tough spot to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, Davis is a little interesting. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to spend the world on him, but they signed him very early in the process. They may like him more than we think. Oh, I, I agree. Clearly, yeah. clearly a target for them. Uh, I went back and looked at uh, just at his numbers last season, and, and even just his fantasy finishes were much better than than I had remembered initially. So he's he's a guy probably on some waiver wires. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe he's this year's Rex Burkhead. We go back to that conversation from uh, I guess that was a couple years ago that that he was a player we were adding from waiver wires. Uh, I think the Lions are a no. I think the Packers are a no, but you know I'm I, I'm in love with Aaron Jones, so that's yeah. partially why I say that. And I think they better find a backup to Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. I agree. Minnesota was was on my list. It's kind of the same idea as, as Dallas with Zeke, that they don't have much behind him. Even the, the two young guys they had last year as undrafted free agents didn't do much during the regular season. Now Rock Thomas is in some legal trouble they can't count on either of those guys and obviously Mm -hmm. they lost Latavius Murray they did re-sign Amir Abdullah but I I don't think that has really any impact on on their plans for a backup running back yeah and you mentioned Murray so I think the Saints are a no I think the Bucks are a huge yes probably right there with Oakland and Philly in terms of you know a very high chance I have mixed feelings on Atlanta and Carolina what about you I had Caroline on my list, and mm-hmm. again, same same conversation as Dallas and and Minnesota. Uh, they've they've got to add a backup. We've already heard reports that Carolina wants to take some of the load off Christian McCaffrey. All last off season, we all we were told is how much they wanted to get him the ball, and and now it's going the other way after he uh, was essentially their entire offense this season. It felt like. Um, so they'll they'll add somebody. They have to. Yeah, I'd be worried about just beating McCaffrey into the ground. You know, yep. they had C.J. Anderson. I think they need a similar style, a bruiser. And Atlanta, maybe. I mean, maybe you lose Tevin Coleman. I knew that was coming, and they planned for it. But maybe. What if uh, What if Carolina trades for Jordan Howard? I like that. Yeah, S- okay. six rounder for Jordan Howard. Yeah, right. You know, don't throw it to him. <laughs> yeah, ever. <laughs> right. Ever. Ever. Right. Yeah, right. McCaffrey catches all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, I think Rams are a no. Uh, see, and again, same same well, theory. I think CJ. they have to. Yeah, have... right, right. Well, no, I mean, right. if they, they could they could stick with Anderson. Uh, uh, he's still out on that the hasn't uh, free yet. agent market right. as well. Malcolm Brown is is a guy a lot of dynasty owners have liked as a as a backup or a safety net to Gurley, but he had that injury towards the end of last season and haven't heard much about him since. Uh, at that time, we heard it was a serious injury, so you know maybe maybe their lack of moves says something positive about Malcolm Brown and his recovery. I gotta think Arizona's a no because yeah. I think Edmonds has a chance to be pretty good. Yep. 
Um, Seattle has to be a no, right? They just used a first-round pick. And they got all these guys. <laughs> Come on. I hope they're a no. Please don't. And then the Niners are a giant no, but do you just want to get into a Niner conversation? Because we got like 10 questions about the Niner running backs, We right? did. I think we got 25 questions, and about 15 of them were, were probably about the San Francisco backfield. Some form of what do we do with Tevin Coleman? What happens with Jarek McKinnon? How does this backfield shake out? We got questions from Jamie. We got questions from Chalk. We got questions from African FF, which which I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued by that. Uh, all, all essentially asking the same question. What is Tevin Coleman thinking? How, what's his value now? And how does this backfield really shake out? So right now they do have Tevin Coleman. Of course, they signed him last week. A little bit of a surprise, maybe not, given the connection with Shanahan. They gave the big deal to Jarek McKinnon last year, which is probably not as big of a deal as we thought it was at the time. Um, they, mm-hmm. The reports are that they can essentially cut him and lose nothing at this point. So there's some rumor out there, some rumors out there that they could either just part ways with him or try and trade him. And then they also have Matt Breda. They re-signed Raheem Mostert. Uh, they've got they've got a pretty full backfield right now. They do. And Coleman, though, I, I, I think there's a less than or a greater than zero percent chance that McKinnon isn't there. I mean, do you right. agree with that? I mean, oh and, yeah. And if he isn't, Coleman's a monster to me. Yeah, it seems like people really hate this signing. For Coleman, and whether it's because of the crowded backfield, because he didn't get the contract that many people had hoped, I don't know. I mean, I guess those those are the two negatives. But his value has been really dropping all off season. I looked up his ADP in December; his ADP was fifty overall. January it drops to sixty. February down to sixty nine. And currently in March, it's 81, which is the lowest it's been in in near, nearly a year. So wow. we know the story with with Tevin Coleman, and and one of the uh, one of the listeners mentioned this in his question that this time last year, and really for the past year, we've been saying he's he's the next Jarek McKinnon, and we just thought it was in the way that he would get the big free agent contract, <laughs> right, not right. that he would go to the same team, but. McKinnon really had a major impact despite not playing a regular season game because he caused dynasty owners, including us to chase these guys in that situation. And Tevin Coleman was, was clearly that player. Uh, At least at this point, it hasn't worked out because instead of his value going crazy in a good way, it's, it's dropping. And I wouldn't be surprised at that. Yeah. I don't get it either. I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to drop as we move uh, into the spring. Now, of course, a Jarek McKinnon trade or a Jarek McKinnon release would would greatly alter that. Is that how you see it? You see McKinnon somehow being gone and Coleman having this job to himself, essentially? Um, no, but I see a percent chance that he's gone and then Coleman's maybe an RB1. I look at it like that's the home run. That's a very, very high ceiling of the situation, not to mention, I don't trust Breda to stay healthy either, although he's a good player. He can't be forgotten. Right. I, I agree on, on Breda. He's, I mean, I'm rooting for him. He, he's, based on what we saw last year, one of the toughest players in the league, just played through so many injuries. But that tells us 
we can't count on him and, and we shouldn't necessarily count him as, as a strike against Coleman. So the question that we all want to know and that, that we all want answered is what are we doing with Coleman right now? I certainly don't think you can sell him after all the negativity that's out there, the, uh, the value drop. Are you buying him? Actively, yes. I think his, I mentioned that his ceiling is incredibly high. I think his floor is pretty high too. I mean, the familiarity with Shanahan, the ability to use him as a receiver, the scheme fit is tremendous. And I'm not saying this is going to be as good as that Falcons team that was the best offense in the league, but McKinnon is also less of a roadblock than Devontae Freeman was, what, two, three years ago when that offense was humming. So I think the floor is Coleman and Shanahan's last year together in Atlanta. I want him. I'm going to put the kind of the over-under value in rookie picks at 1.10. Are you are you easily paying that for Coleman? Do you think that's mm-hmm. too steep? I mean, there may only be one rookie running back I clearly want more than him. Well, I think more than one rookie running back is going to go in the top 10. So. Right, right. Just to look at rookie ADP, currently the 10th overall player is Damian Harris, the running back from Alabama, and he is the RB4. But my hunch is, though, and you know how it really works, I mean, I think if you offered 90% of the Tevin Coleman owners out there 110, they're going to say yes. So I'm coming at like two, three, and a third. Yeah, yeah, I like You know what I mean? I like that as a starting point. But if it comes down to it, you're giving that 110, it sounds like. Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. All right. Are you? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I might go all the way to 1-7, but I know I don't have to. Okay. I'm, I like that second, early second and a future third, something like that. I like that price. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can, if you can do that deal, but I, I like that idea. Can I get Tyler Lockett in 210 for Coleman? Something like that. Yeah. You know, wide receiver needy teams, got a lot of running backs. You know what I mean? That's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I feel like Lockett and Tevin Coleman have similar value even up right now. I thought that, and then as it was coming out of my mouth, I thought, Ryan's not going to think they have similar (laughs) value, so I better throw something else in here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have any Tevin Coleman shares. I have one. I'm very happy about this deal. Right at the end of the year, a contending team gave me... Their first, which end up being one eleven, and Coleman for Lindsay Lindsay. I'm like, I, I hit him. I ran to the podium to take that yeah. one, even in like, and in, in November. Yeah, I like, like that one. I think they're. I'd rather have Coleman than Lindsay. Yeah. Um, I want to tell some people about a, a good new friend of ours. I mean, by now, I assume many of you have heard of Reality Sports Online. It's a powerful sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. And if you're listening to this, you should be dialed in on this sort of thing. Free agency, multi-year contacts, contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and very much more. Think that sounds complicated? You probably, probably do, but it really is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. It's not more time-consuming. 
Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to really test your mettle. So if you're still not sure, you can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, that's all one word, BLUEPRINT, all lowercase, and receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com, and remember to use our promo code BLUEPRINT to receive 10% off. Matt, our next question comes from Falco. This one's just for you. He says, can we get Matt's thoughts on Vance McDonald fantasy value in 2019 with Antonio Brown gone? Big jump or just a minor value increase? What are you seeing, hearing, thinking about Vance McDonald next season? I have two big thoughts on this. Is I am a big fan. I pretty much own him anywhere to begin with because I think he's very impressive Physically, after the catch, every down player, faster than people think. I think he's a better player than the general public really knows. And he hasn't been featured, but I don't know that that's a fault of his. And I wrote an article recently saying it's time for this offense to get more scheme-driven as opposed to feeding Juju and Antonio because they're open and they're the best guys out there. And of course that worked, but by that I mean scheming up the tight end position, you know, like... Uh, so many teams do, you know, I mean, Shanahan with Kittle, those type of things, uh, obviously Andy Reid. And I'm not saying McDonald is as good as those guys, but I think he clearly could be a top 10 type of, you know, tight end in this draft. However, with the Steelers filling a lot of needs in an adequate fashion in free agency, it wouldn't blow me away if they use a first or second round pick on one of these tight ends too. Like if Fant is sitting there and Devin Bush isn't, I think they could go tight end really high, and you could see a lot more double tight end sets. And as a Steelers fan, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't know that they'll do that. Well, there's just so many tight ends available. Even if they wait until mm-hmm. late day two, you know, one of those guys could uh, could Be potentially really make an impact. Right. Yeah. And and I think losing Brown, they're not going to replace Brown in one move. I mean, no, every, of course, e- everybody knows that. So I think they have to be of the mindset of let's just get pieces, right? Let's just get playmakers who can hopefully make a difference. And if it's a tight end, if it's a, another running back, whatever it is, we just need we need as much talent on this team as we can get. I think they need a running back that can catch the ball, a, a really upside tight end, and another outside receiver. Like I think it's got to be – you know, offense by committee type of, you know, instead of just going through the stars. So, I mean, we've kind of hinted at this for a while now with with my uh, fandom of Juju, but now that it is a done deal, I don't I don't know if we've even talked since the trade, the Antonio Brown trade. So now that Juju is the wide receiver one there, how do you expect him to perform? Very well. Um It'll be harder. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you watch the All-22, every defense is trying to take away Brown, you know, and Juju benefited from that. But I also think without Lev Bell there, especially as the season went on and everyone realized how legit Smith-Schuster is, that the defense's second priority was often to take away Smith-Schuster. Like when the Steelers played against Belichick, Belichick just begged them to hand the ball to the running back. You know, like... I'm going to do everything I can to take away Brown and Schuster. So it's not like the guy hasn't dealt with some extra coverage before. 
But it's going to be a lot different. I mean, it, it's a lot easier to be Robin than Batman. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Uh, I have kind of kind of played around with my rankings a little bit since the Odell Beckham trade and and some of the other moves. But at one point, I had Juju at wide receiver two. I've seen a couple wow. others with him as high as wide receiver two. Is that crazy talk to you? Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty one years old, which is remarkable. Well, I but think that's, that's a little bit of crazy talk. That, that's part of the appeal, though, right? Oh, I know, I know. I just want to make sure everybody knew that out there. I mean, he's unbelievably young for going into, what, his third season. Um, just just able to drink a couple months ago. Um, but two, I, I don't know that he's that type of talent. I mean, he's a great player, but is he one of the top five most talented receivers in the league? I mean, I don't think he's in Odell's class. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You Next- do love him. I do. I do. (laughs) There's a little bias there. What percentage of your teams do you own him? I mean, I know he's not easy to acquire, but... No, I mean, not enough. (laughs) I I wish it was all of them, but I actually don't... uh, I don't have that many shares of him, honestly. Hmm. Um, It it was just kind of the way those picks went that year, and um, I think I drafted him in... Yeah, I drafted him in probably four or five leagues and actually I think a couple of those have since folded so yeah I'm I'm gonna need need to go out and try to acquire more which like you said is not an easy task yeah, now that's a lot yeah. yeah buying high is usually not not the way I do things next question from Jonathan he says so does Latavius Murray flourish on a good team and assume an Ingram-esque role next to Kamara or does Kamara just take on a much larger workload I, I think this is a fun topic to think about for the next few months because those first what three or four games that Mark Ingram was suspended in 2018 Kamara was the best running back in football from a fantasy standpoint and maybe from an NFL overall standpoint he he was dominant and he was touching the ball you know every, every other possession oh, yeah. right? every other uh, every other snap and then when Ingram came back it essentially went back to what we had seen the year before with with uh, a shared role and and we saw Kamara take a little bit of a step back production wise that that running back two spot for New Orleans has has been a nice profitable spot for fantasy owners I, I looked at the past 12 years and in in those 12 years we had a lot of production from the backup running back if you want to say that the second fantasy scorer Tavares cadet even. I mean, you're going back, I'm sure. I mean, right. Like, a, a, a few all, of those. Guys. Right. Yeah. A few of those were Ingram. There was some Tim Hightower in there, cadet. Hmm. Uh, but one of those, there was one RB1 finish. Of course, that was Ingram uh, in 2017 when both he and Kamara were RB1s. Three finishes as an RB2, six finishes as an RB3. So we're talking a, a fantasy uh, flex spot as a backup running back or as the second running back uh, currently would be behind Kamara. I don't think we should be discounting Latavius Murray in this offense. No, I think this is a great boost for Kamara, but I also had a little bird. I don't know if I'd mentioned this before, but I had a little birdie tell me at the combine that I'd very much trust that Sean Payton doesn't believe Kamara has workhorse skills. You know, he does not want to use them, you know, like Lev Bell used to be used or David Johnson. That's not in the cards. It happened because Ingram was out, but that's not the way it's going to go. 
So therefore, I think it'll be a similar split as what we've seen in the last couple of years. And I don't think Latavius Murray is particularly great, but I think the situation's pretty darn good. And saying the numbers you just did, I mean, I would think he's closer to a low-end RB2 than he is an RB3 when it's all said and done and ends up with, what, eight touchdowns or something? Right. You, you buy Latavius Murray for a couple third-rounders right now, and he gives you RB25 finish on the season. I, I think that's probably worth it. And if Kamara gets hurt, wow. Yeah, let's not talk about that. No, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> let's not speak those words. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Next question from 12th Ball. He says, how do you see the AP deal, the Adrian Peterson deal, impacting Darius Geis' value and his future? What would you pay to move from Geis to Chubb in terms of rookie picks? So let's just start with mm. uh, with the deal and, and the backfield overall. Do you view this as a, as a negative for Darius Geis, or is this just an insurance policy? No, I think it's a negative, and I'm a big Geis fan. But let's not forget Chris Thompson's still on the team, and he's going to be the receiving back. It's not going to be either one of these guys. I think they're too similar. And you would think, you know, oh, Peterson's not. He's not. He's just a speed bump. He's not going to matter. He's still really good. You know, I mean, he's he's a total freak. I mean, I think he's as freaky of a football player as we've seen in this generation or so. I think I've told this story before on here. Like, when I was watching recruiting tape, he was the only high school kid that I watched on highlights and thought, he doesn't need college. And I don't know that he did. And I don't know that he's ever going away. So I think this hurts guys, you know, at least for this year. How And how good's the offense going to be? That's, that's the bigger concern right. for me. Uh, I mean, they're going to be behind essentially every game, most likely. They're going to be uh, underdogs in every game. Uh, their quarterback situation is a, a little more clear, but not necessarily any better uh, after no. af- after the trade uh, for Case Keenum. So, this in general, this is a team I want to avoid. Uh, if I can move from Darius Geis to Nick Chubb, I would certainly do that. I, At what I, cost? You One know, eight. I think you're going to have to. Yeah, I was going to say. I think you have to add a first rounder to that, yeah. which would be. Um, Chubb's be, awfully good. Man. That would be a little painful to do, but I, I I get the reasoning, and probably in the end, I would I would pay that. Now, if you're offering me a future second, I'm not even listening. All right, guys, in a second. Yeah. Right, no, not even close. And I like I like guys the player, maybe as much as I like Chubb the player, but that's it, a rough situation. Yeah, really rough. Next question, and and this is another one we got a couple of questions in about. The Chiefs backfield. Luke says, what is the most you'd pay for Damian Williams in terms of 2019 rookie picks after the Hyde signing? So let's start with the Carlos Hyde signing. I know this is one you wanted to talk about, Matt. Yeah, I'm a Hyde believer. I mean, he's burned me before, but I think he's a better football player than given credit for. I think he's a better receiving option than given credit for, which the credit he's given as a receiver is nil. I mean, he's not Jordan Howard. I mean, I think he can still catch 30, 40 balls. And I thought he looked good in Cleveland before we saw him. And I don't know what Jacksonville was doing. And I, I don't, you know, that Jacksonville offense, I mean, I, I we'll probably talk about Moncrief at some point. But, like, I don't kill Moncrief or D.D. Westbrook or Hyde because how bad that offense was. I think Hyde's the guy to own at what it costs to acquire either player. And I, I know Williams finished with a flourish, but I don't trust him all that much. Yeah, I'm I'm still on Williams here. 
but that is a fair point. I mean, if you're looking at track record, Hyde, mm-hmm. Hyde certainly, you know, checks that box. Pedigree. Where, where yeah, right. Williams probably does not outside of a handful of games here at the end of the 2018 season. So there, there's certainly a chance we're uh, putting too much in the, in the Damian Williams basket and, and completely ignoring Hyde. Um, I talked about just staying away from the Redskins offense. This is the complete opposite. We just want as many pieces as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Williams is getting more and more expensive. Even after this signing, Hyde feels still feels pretty cheap to me. I think you can easily acquire him for a late second rounder and maybe even cheaper than that. See, I'm all in on that. I mean, because I think there's a better chance than people are given credit for that Andy Reid thinks Hyde's the better player of the two. You know, I mean, they signed him very early. They went out of their way to get him. Um, he's a little more, ver- I mean, an equal versatility to me. I don't know that Williams is a much better receiver. And if Williams, just the fact that even if we're, even if I'm wrong about that and Williams gets hurt for two weeks, it's worth giving up a third-round pick for Hyde. I mean, he's a he's in such a high ceiling in that offense. I'm going to put the same price tag on Damian Williams as I did on Tevin Coleman. I'm going to say one ten on, on one ten on Damian Williams, two ten on Carlos Hyde. Are you buying right. both at that price? No, I mean to me. I know this isn't what you asked, but I would much rather have Coleman than Williams. But I think your price is accurate for what they cost on today's market. If I had Williams, I would gladly sell him for one ten, and I would gladly give you two ten for Hyde. Okay, all right. And I don't know that I'm right about that, but if I am, I'm really going to be happy. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? At a minimal cost. Have you have you been successful in? Adding any Carlos Hyde, or did you just already have him everywhere? I didn't try all that much yet, to be honest with you, okay. but now everyone's going to listen to this, and they're not going to give them to me. You should do that quickly. Yeah, I'll send it off for a while. We're, our next question's going on. All right, <laughs> an, an, another Steelers-related question for you. Tom says, is this the year that Dante Moncrief finally lives up to the hype? Of course, Dante Moncrief signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost Antonio Brown. Uh, there's at least some concern that maybe James Washington is not ready to uh, step up and, and be the second receiver on that team. What were your thoughts on the Moncrief signing? I like it a lot from a Steelers football perspective. I think it helps him from fantasy. He's always been a tease and I've owned him a lot of places and I've always bought in. He's always kind of let me down. But I do think his best football was played last year in Jacksonville, but his stats don't show it. I mean, kind of like we were talking about a minute ago. I think he's a really decent outside-the-numbers, number two that'll see a lot of single coverage. But I don't think, kind of like you alluded to, that James Washington, to me, is not a bust. It's He easily could go past Moncrief as soon as week one. And they're going to draft somebody else. I don't think in the first round... But they have two thirds. One of those guys might be, you know, somebody, you know, somebody, and it's a good deep receiver class. Um, so I don't know that I'm actively going and buying them. The Steeler fan in me likes the signing a lot. Um, does that make sense? It does. It does. And and I think kind of like Carlos Hyde, he's another player who, despite a really nice landing spot, 
nobody's getting too excited about the, the, hmm. the, the value doesn't seem to be changing much. I know, uh, my buddy TJ Calkins is a, is a fan now, or, or maybe was a fan before and, and really likes this landing spot. But in general, this, this move seems to be kind of, uh, going under the radar. That surprises me. Yeah. I mean, he was worth nothing before this. Well, evidently Good. he's, he's still, still worth is, nothing, huh? I, which, <laughs> which I disagree with. Um, but I, I still kind of remember those days where he was a, a second round startup pick just based on our, our hope and hype of, of what mm-hmm. he could become. And I bet his value rose for a little while early in his career. I mean, I was buying him. Oh, certainly. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, I mean, he was the next big thing, right? Like I said, he he really did get to that second round range in dynasty startup drafts. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And and certainly has never lived up to that uh, valuation. So I don't think he's going to get back to that uh, range of value anytime soon. But again, you you buy him for a couple of third rounders. I love. Oh that. yeah, I think that's a good price. I mean, I think he could be very startable. I mean, he could yeah. be a top 25 receiver this year, top 35 receiver. Next question from Mike, and we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we've we've got to get your thoughts on it as we have talked about it essentially every show uh, for the past couple months. Mike says, not a free agent question, but what is Antonio Brown's dynasty value Ooh. now with Oakland? Uh, we'll, we'll cover the dynasty part really quickly. Obviously, his value has dropped. Uh, I think it was already dropping because of his age, because of uh, his craziness, his, his <laughs> off-field uh, antics, we'll call it that. Um, and now in, in a lesser situation, his value will continue to drop. He had reached the late second round range in our, in our dynasty ADP. I think he'll probably hang there. Uh, that, that feels like a value to a lot of people. And, and there are, um, Plenty of people who are in that range are looking to maybe they start their draft with a, a running back early uh, in that first round. They come back and they get Antonio Brown in the second and they feel like they're ready to compete uh, right away, which which would certainly make sense. Um, so it's dropping. It's going to continue to drop during the during the regular season will be the time to sell if that's the way you want to go. Um I don't really consider him a, a buy or a sell at this point. If I had to choose one, I'm probably buying, but uh, I, I, there's enough name value and, and just value based on what he's done the past several years that will will keep me from buying uh, him even with this new deflated price. Let's move just to the football part. I mean, I, Matt, I saw several people with some real concern about this guy like, he really might be having some kind of mental break here. And, and we're, we don't want to speculate too much because neither of us, even with your uh, relationship with the team, really know exactly what's going on inside his head. But just such a, such a weird story. It is. I, real quick, football-wise, I don't think he's lost a thing. I think he's as good as ever. I think he'll get tons of targets with the Raiders. Might be 1,400 yards. But even if he stayed with the Steelers, his touchdowns were going to go down. And I think now they really go down. I mean, maybe it's six touchdowns, something like that. But for how long? I mean, two years from now, he might be off the radar and retired. And who the heck knows? I mean, crazy. Um, I do think 
I have mixed feelings. Is first of all, I think he figured. I think this was all a master plan. It was the only way he could get a big paycheck is get out of Pittsburgh, one last big paycheck, and they want to win now. They had to almost make it, so they had to trade the guy. And I think his plan worked to get paid. That doesn't mean he's any less crazy or he outsmarted all of us. Um, because I do think there's some of that. And I've been told, and I, Carlos Dunlap said this publicly, that some, remember the huge hit he took from Perfect with the bad concussion? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's been some people that said that he has not quite been the same since. And mm. I think that adds up. <laughs> I mean, just watching his, watching him from afar and sort of closely, you know, I mean, being around him a little, like, he's a little nuts. Yeah, that's, that's sad to hear and, and, scary to hear honestly yeah just last thing on brown what's kind of the sense around pittsburgh is is he just the most hated man in town right now yeah it used to be Lev bell of course <laughs> and now everyone forgot about bell and just hates brown to no end yeah and i've even asked some people you know like what's his legacy going to be like like 10 years from now they're going to look back and say boy he's an all-time great and no one can see that now but maybe their thoughts will change i mean i don't know i mean he's not liked that's for sure yeah, yeah. What a again, what a crazy story. It is. All right, Matt. We're going to wrap up here. We we touched on several of the free agent signings. We didn't get to them all, so I'm just going to kind of go rapid fire, throw out some names, some numbers, some new teams, and just give us one sentence on these guys. Okay. Are you, are you buying or selling? Stock up, stock down. Nick Foles, the new starter in Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, stock up. I mean, he's the starter. I don't think they'll bring anyone else to compete with them, but only in super flex. And I think they're going to be very disappointed with them as a football player. Yep, agree. Lev Bell, New York Jets. He's not going to be on my on my team, you know, certainly for redraft. But I think he'll get touches. I mean, he's going to be valuable. I just don't know what you're getting there. I, I think he's a sell. Okay. Value still still certainly high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Mark Ingram. He lands in a very nice spot with the Baltimore Ravens. Love it. Love it. I mean, I think he's got a lot of football left. He's got younger legs than you'd think. Decent receiver. I think people will catch on to that offense, but they'll still run the ball a lot, and he will be the benefactor. Are you buying him for a late first rounder? I think so. I mean, I'd rather have Coleman. Some of those guys we mentioned, but I'd rather have him than Damian Williams. You know, it's another guy we mentioned in that neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, 112 seems reasonable. Golden Tate, New York Giants, he might see 127 targets. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's so much like Shepard, and really, Engram's yeah. a slot, too. Yep. I mean, and, uh, I mean, I think that offense has a chance to be pretty good, though, and I don't even like Eli, but they have a line now, and Barkley's going to you know, stir the drink. I think I'm avoiding Tate, though. I kind of like him just based on based on that volume, but it mm-hmm. does feel like a weird signing with the pieces they already have. Maybe it's just a case of they took whatever they could get. Best receiver they could get, no matter what. You know, yeah. had, had the room, traded Odell, saved face a little bit. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Ty- <laughs> Tyrell Williams, Oakland Raiders. Um, I don't love the landing spot at all, and I think he – Will be an okay signing for them, but an inconsistent fantasy performer. Yeah, so pretty much the same thing we've seen from them. Uh, I mean, they add they add yeah, AB. right, but maybe worse. Right, they add AB. They signed Tyrell Williams. Then they signed JJ Nelson. They clearly have a plan. They're adding these these speed wide receivers, and it feels like the Raiders of the early nineties. 
I don't know if that's Yeah, a, I think <laughs> Al Davis not, would be proud, you know. Yeah, cut absolutely. Jordy Nelson, he can't run anymore. Yeah, I think they'll push the ball down the field, but I don't I'm gonna have a hard time checking the box to start Terrell Williams week one. Sure. John Brown, Buffalo Bills. I love the signing. I love the player. I thought he was you know, he really got hurt by the Lamar Jackson coming in. I'd eat him up. I like him a lot. Oh, nice. I haven't heard that one too much. Devin mm-hmm. Funchess in Indy. I don't like his game, but I trust that organization, and they gave uh-huh. him a lot of money. Yeah. And I, they have a plan. I mean, Luck likes throwing those big-bodied tight end types. I bet he has a pretty decent year. Yeah, he's he's he might be the number one sell this time next year. Mm-hmm. Let's just concede that the Colts know more than we do, though. I mean, I know a lot of us don't like them, but... They did, and I like. I think that's a really good organization. Oh, absolutely! You know what and, I mean. And there's, there's clearly a need there. I mean, they yeah. have nothing, nothing after T.Y. Hilton. So I think that's that's one of the few spots, and maybe almost the only spot where Funches could have landed uh, to really regain some value in short order. Yeah, well said. Well, last one, Jamison Crowder. Um, Jets. I, I think Gase, going back to like Amendola, very much wants a um, slot-type guy. That's a foundational piece of what they do. But I also think he might disappoint a little bit. I mean, he's not going to be worth his contract. He fumbles a lot. Do you trust him to stay healthy? Uh, he might be a sell, too. Yep, I would agree with that. All right, Matt, that will do it for this episode. Got to a lot of these questions, as yeah. always. We didn't get to them all. Sorry. We'll try, to, we'll try to catch those on Twitter. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>